Hey, crime connoisseurs. If you're like me, you love diving into a good book. I especially love finding a book about cases we cover. But sometimes it's hard to find the time to sit and read. We live in an on-the-go society. Thankfully, Audible makes it easy to instantly access the books we love without sacrificing our time. With over 180,000 audiobooks and more, you will undoubtedly find one that will grip you and leave you not wanting to pull away while still being able to do other things. You can get a free 30-day trial membership by going to audibletrial.com backslash ccpod to start listening to your favorite books. That's audibletrial.com backslash ccpod for your free 30-day trial membership. Welcome back, Crime Connoisseurs. I'm your host, Grace D. And if you haven't listened to part one, be sure to stop now and go give that a listen. To recap from last week, Victoria Martins was a 10-year-old girl who was found murdered, dismembered, and set on fire in the bathtub of her apartment where she lived with her mother, Michelle, and as of late, Michelle's boyfriend, Fabian, and his cousin, Jessica. Fabian and Jessica have massive rap sheets. The system failed Victoria when Fabian's 2015 plea deal that required supervised probation fell through the cracks, and Jessica was charged with the conspiracy instead of sexual assault, so she didn't have to register as a sex offender. Michelle Martins gave a shocking confession to investigators hours after her daughter was murdered and stated how she was drugged, raped, strangled, and then dismembered. The autopsy report was released in November of 2017 and had some contradictions with Michelle's confessions that she gave to investigators. In 2018, Second Judicial District Attorney Raul Torres held a press conference where he informed that much of the information that had been provided simply wasn't true. He dropped several bombshells proving how Michelle and Fabian were not responsible for Victoria's murder and that their cell phone data proved that they were not in the area at the time of her death. On top of that, Torres revealed DNA from a fourth unidentified male was obtained from Victoria's body. Michelle Martins made a plea agreement with the DA's office to plead guilty to a lesser charge of reckless child abuse resulting in death. Now, Let's jump back in where we left off with last week, shall we? Much of the original case centered around what Michelle had told police in the days after her daughter's tragic death. Michelle's story changed several times, saying all three took part in drugging, raping, mutilating, and killing Victoria, which wasn't true. Evidence continuously contradicted the overall narrative Michelle told police about the night her daughter died. Statements about the part she took in her daughter's death and other information like trafficking Victoria to men in the past just didn't add up. Evidence was never found to corroborate her claims. 
A psychological profile showed Michelle had personality traits that made her susceptible to false confessions. During discussions with an outside medical expert that interviewed Michelle, the doctor determined she made numerous false confessions in the case. In September 2018, Jessica and the DA's office also made a plea agreement. However, when it was presented before the judge, Judge Charles Brown rejected the deal based on answers Jessica gave during the plea hearing and the charges that she would have pled to in the agreement. This shocked D.A. Torres. Despite the rejection, the investigation and search for the fourth suspect continued. On January 4, 2019, the rape charges against Jessica Kelly were dropped. They were dropped since forensic experts couldn't support the idea that Victoria was raped by Jessica. Three days later, the DA's office and Jessica Kelly reached a plea deal. Jessica agreed to plead no contest to charges related to Victoria's death, including reckless child abuse resulting in death. The murder charges against Jessica were also dropped. Court records show Jessica told investigators she was high on drugs while babysitting Victoria when an unknown male entered the apartment and killed the child. Jessica told investigators she set Victoria's body on fire after she was dead. As part of the plea deal, Jessica agreed to testify in the trials of Fabian Gonzalez and the unidentified fourth suspect when it came time. In an even more bizarre twist of events, on November 7, 2019, Fabian Gonzalez was released on his own recognizance until his trial. Judge Brown ruled that prosecutors failed to show Fabian was a danger to the community. In a September 2020 hearing in Bernalillo County, Judge Barella Shepard determined the city of Albuquerque did not have sufficient notice and dismissed John and Pat's wrongful death suit. On March 28, 2022, Jessica Kelly was sentenced for her role in Victoria's death. Judge Cindy Leos sentenced Jessica to 50 years in prison with six years suspended, ultimately 44 years. Once Jessica is released from prison, she will be on probation for an additional five years. On July 11, 2022, the trial of Fabian Gonzalez began with jury selection. Fabian faced charges of reckless abuse of a child resulting in death, tampering with evidence, and conspiracy to commit tampering with evidence. In the opening statements, both prosecution and the defense mentioned Fabian's cousin, Jessica Kelly. The prosecution argued that Fabian endangered Victoria by taking her from her mother, Michelle Martins. Fabian's lawyers claimed that Jessica killed Victoria. During the trial, the jurors were shown the body cam footage from the early morning hours after the murder. On Monday, July 25, 2022, the jurors started their day at the home of Victoria Martins. They were taken through the apartment and into the bathroom. They were there for a little over an hour before returning to the courthouse. After this, Sergeant Sennett began his testimony and stated, I eventually found the child. I searched the bedroom for her, and she was not in there. Then I searched the bathroom, and I found her in the bathtub. I saw that she was dismembered, and that she was on fire. 
Now retired APD Sergeant Enyart described the things that haunted him from that day for the court. He testified, One of the things that was really haunting me was that I didn't check for a pulse. Even though I knew she was dead, I didn't make the effort and check for a pulse. So I went back in and I checked for a pulse. Jessica held up her end of the plea agreement and testified against her cousin. Jessica went into detail about the day Victoria died on August 23, 2016. She told her version of events leading up to the night Victoria was murdered. Fabian was a member of a violent Albuquerque gang, thugs causing chaos, and that's chaos with a K. Jessica told the courtroom Fabian's cousins were yelling TCK or chaos at a barbecue. She said she thought they grew out of it and weren't actively involved in gang activity. Prosecutors go over the fight at the barbecue where Fabian got his face split open by a woman named Amanda. Jessica said that there were some scary guys there that she didn't know and something was about to pop off and she said it was time to leave the barbecue. According to court records, Fabian got into a fight with a gang member's pregnant girlfriend at the barbecue on August 21st, 2016. The woman beat him up at the barbecue, giving him a black eye. This is where Fabian got the black eye, seen in his arrest photos and mugshots. It was believed at first that he received the black eye from Jessica when she struck him in the head with the iron, but he already had had it. Documents say Fabian left and later called the woman, threatening to have his brothers retaliate. He also sent her several text messages, threatening her and insinuating he was going to do a drive-by shooting. The documents show Fabian also contacted two known gang members, even looking for guns. Two days after the fight, Fabian hid at various relatives' houses. He had also asked Michelle to go with him and leave Victoria at home with Jessica, who was high on meth. Jessica tells the court about an unidentified man entering the apartment through the open door. She said it appeared he knew the apartment and the people living there. As he entered, he asked for Fabian by his street name, Favo, and she told the man that it was just her and the little girl there, and she pointed to the door where Victoria was before stepping outside for a cigarette. Jessica said that after this unidentified man left, she quickly checked on Victoria, who didn't have a pulse. Jessica said the unidentified man told her Fabian effed up and that there was a mess in there and said Fabian and her better clean it up or she and her kids would be next. Jessica said she didn't do anything with Victoria. Then she said she threw a blanket over her and walked outside with her in her arms when she heard Fabian pull up. She said she knew it was him because he was blaring loud music, and he does that when he drinks. Jessica said she put her back in her room because she didn't want it to blow up and make a crazy situation. She said she told Fabian that Victoria was dead, and he put Michelle to bed. Jessica detailed how they put trash bags down before they cut Victoria's arms off. She said Fabian was cutting her in the middle when she returned to the room. She asked him why he was doing that, and Fabian said, because we have to make it look like it's not us. She said she told her cousin to leave, and she'd finish cleaning up. Then, 
Jessica said she planned to kill Fabian and Michelle with an iron she found and placed on the kitchen table. She said she was going to kill them because she, quote, might as well make it worth it because I was already going to go down for murder, end quote. When she set fire to Victoria's body, Jessica said it seemed like it got really smoky right away. She testified that she was in the process of taking down fire alarms when the cops showed up and she shut the door in the officer's face. When asked why she didn't tell police about the killer, the unidentified man, Jessica said she was trying to protect her cousin. Jessica portrayed Michelle as a negligent mother. She said Michelle didn't care that her daughter was dead. Jessica said she was never told that she would watch Victoria and she wouldn't have been tweaking if she knew. Jessica admitted she was high on meth the day Victoria was killed and was paranoid before the incident occurred. She didn't tell her account of events to the police until two years after Victoria's death. APD Sergeant Joshua Brown finished up the second week of trial with his testimony. Sergeant Brown was the lead homicide detective when Victoria was killed in 2016. Additionally, Brown conducted the interviews with both Fabian and Michelle. After Sergeant Brown concluded his testimony, forensic scientist Jeffrey Smith took the stand regarding more DNA evidence. Smith confirmed that none of the tested knives showed Fabian's DNA. However, Fabian's DNA was found on a mop and two CDs. In the third week of trial, Michelle Martins took the stand. While on the stand, Michelle described her relationship with Fabian, saying he was a good guy and didn't know that he drank or did drugs. She described Fabian's demeanor after getting into the fight at a family barbecue event, which is significant to the case because the state believed the motive for killing Victoria was retaliation for that fight. Michelle was then asked about the day Victoria was killed. She said Fabian convinced her to leave Victoria at home with his cousin Jessica, who was staying with them after she got out of prison. Through tears, Michelle recalled when Jessica told her Victoria was dead while she was in the middle of attacking her with an iron. Michelle recalled her altercation with Jessica Kelly, the only other person present in the apartment before Victoria was allegedly killed by an unidentified man. Michelle described the incident with Jessica. Michelle testified, quote, where the F is my daughter? And she still didn't answer me. She started beating me up again, end quote. Michelle told the court she was struck with an iron by Jessica. Then she told the court how she found out her daughter was dead. Quote, right by the door, I had a picture frame and she hit me with the picture frame. And I eventually made my way out of the door and squashed her hand in the door and she let go of my hair and she said, by the way, your daughter is dead. End quote. Uncover the secrets of your dog's DNA with Wisdom Panel, the world's leading canine genetics test. With a simple cheek swab, Wisdom Panel can reveal your dog's breed, ancestry, health traits, and so much more. Understanding your dog's genetic background can help you provide the best care possible. 
Whether it's identifying potential health risks, understanding their behavior, or simply satisfying your curiosity about your dog's unique heritage, Wisdom Panel delivers the insights you need. Their state-of-the-art technology analyzes over 350 breeds, types, and varieties, and screens for over 200 genetic health conditions. Plus, their easy-to-understand reports make it simple to learn about your dog's genetics. Join the millions of pet parents discovering their dog's story with Wisdom Panel. Order your kit today and start exploring your dog's DNA. Because every dog has a tail, and Wisdom Panel helps you tell it. Go to wisdompanel.pxf.io backslash ccpod to learn more about your four-legged friend. That's wisdompanel.pxf.io backslash ccpod. Michelle waved goodbye to her parents sitting in the courtroom as she was taken back to jail following the testimony. The prosecution rested its case against Fabian Gonzalez on Thursday, and the defense rested its case the next day, leading to the closing arguments. After three weeks of trial, closing arguments were conducted. Prosecutors began closing arguments by arguing that Fabian Gonzalez was the reason for Victoria Martin's death. Through nearly two hours of discussing the case, prosecutors reminded jurors several times of the theory that Fabian took over Michelle Martin's life. Prosecutor Greer Staley said, quote, The defendant set the stage for Victoria's death to occur, and he turned her home into a dangerous place. The reason anyone was in a position to kill Victoria was because of this defendant, end quote. The abuse charge Fabian faced was based in part on the environment that he created when he moved into Michelle's apartment. Fabian and Michelle only dated for a month before Victoria's death. He had moved into the apartment shortly after they began dating in July or August of 2016. I had seen reports with both months conflicting on that, so I'm just saying July slash August. Staley said, quote, Before the defendant came into Victoria's life, her situation was pretty normal. We had emergency contacts on the fridge, some drawings, little things that were bought with her name on it, mother's name. We have collages in the apartment her mother put together, food in the fridge, appropriate, a nice apartment, very clean, end quote. Staley described a defense witness's testimony where a former neighbor, Amanda Wilson, said Victoria looked hungover in the two weeks leading up to her murder. Wilson also said Victoria looked disheveled at the bus stop. Staley continued, quote, Her world was changing as soon as he set foot in her apartment. The defendant came over and took over Michelle's car, her apartment, You heard witnesses talk about the increase in foot traffic throughout the day when Michelle was at work, end quote. On the day Victoria was killed, Michelle ran around town with Fabian, making multiple trips to his brother's and uncle's houses. Prosecutors alleged Fabian was getting drugs during those outings. Meanwhile, at 4 p.m. on the day of Victoria's death, and also her 10th birthday, no one picked up the little girl from the bus stop. 
A neighbor eventually brought Victoria home. She remained almost entirely in Jessica Kelly's care through her death as Fabian and Michelle continued to make multiple trips to and from the apartment. Prosecutors allege that after Fabian got into an altercation at the barbecue party a few days before Victoria's death, he sought to retaliate against a cousin who gave him a black eye. Presenting evidence of text messages sent by Fabian to the cousin that he fought with, prosecutors say it was a serious situation. When Victoria was killed, prosecutors say an unknown man came into the Martins' apartment, asked for Favo, then walked to Victoria's room, strangling the girl to death. Jessica Kelly, who was high on meth, was the only other adult in the home when it happened. The prosecution called for guilty charges on all nine charges against Fabian, including tampering with evidence and reckless child abuse resulting in death. On August 1st, 2022, after roughly two and a half hours of deliberation, the jury reached a verdict. Fabian Gonzalez was found guilty of one count of conspiracy one count of reckless child abuse that resulted in death, and seven counts of tampering with evidence. On October 27, 2022, Judge Leo sentenced Fabian Gonzalez to 37 and a half years in prison for his role in Victoria's murder. The sentence came after a two-hour-long hearing that included statements from both prosecutors and the defense. Judge Leo's declined to sentence Fabian as a serious violent offender because he was not present for Victoria's murder. In fact, if she had sentenced him as a serious violent offender, it would have mandated that Fabian serve 85% of his sentence. Instead, he will be eligible for parole after serving half of his time. On November 10th, 2022, Judge Leo sentenced Michelle Martins for her role in her daughter's death. Michelle received a 12-year sentence in the New Mexico Department of Corrections with six years of credit for time served before sentencing, meaning Michelle will finish her prison sentence in 2028. On top of that, Michelle is also eligible for good time credit, which could cut her remaining time in half so she could be out as early as 2025, which is just in two years. Michelle was the last of the group to be sentenced, but police are still looking for the fourth suspect, the unidentified male whose DNA was found on Victoria. This John Doe is the only person charged with Victoria's rape and murder. Jason Oding spoke out about the case, saying he and Matthew are doing their best to move forward. They loved Victoria, and Matthew prays every night for her, and he even asks the church to pray for his late big sister. Jason said in a statement that Michelle had never been a monster. She got mixed up with the worst kind of people, and that contributed to a downward spiral from what we can tell. This case is a heartbreaker. So many times, so many times, things could have gone any other way 
if the systems in place had worked properly. While I'm glad that all three of them are spending time behind bars, I'm torn on the deals and the sentencings. You know, even though Michelle and Fabian were not home during the murder, they gave statements to investigators within hours after the murder, and they both made claims about the dismemberment of Victoria. And then Michelle also made a claim about Jessica stabbing Victoria in the torso, things that were confirmed in the autopsy report, that if you were not involved, how do you have this information? How do you know? It just, it blows my mind. And I, I, I can't, I can't shake the feeling that they know something more than what they are letting the courts believe and wanting the investigators believe and what they are telling the public. And I just, I can't shake it. And I can't ignore the fact that there is the DNA of a fourth unidentified male suspect. So there is still someone else involved in this. And that is why I feel that this case was as hard as it as hard as it was to do, so essential because if you know someone who you might have heard rumors through the grapevine of being involved in something like this and it's a male, maybe we can help bring this person to justice and have them face the consequences of their actions. And that's the case of Victoria Martins. Victoria was a fourth grader who attended Petroglyph Elementary School. She was a bright, fun-loving child with the world at her fingertips. She loved to swim, do gymnastics, and play with her friends. Her favorite color was purple, and she loved her younger half-brother, Matthew. You can subscribe and download to Crime Connoisseurs wherever you listen to your podcasts. And be sure to follow on Instagram and Facebook at Crime Connoisseurs. In the meantime, keep it classy, connoisseurs, and I'll catch you on the next case. Are you tired of settling for subpar cat food? It's time to upgrade your cat's dining experience with Smalls, the ultimate gourmet meal for your feline companion. Say goodbye to generic one-size-fits-all cat food. With Smalls, you can rest assured that your furry friend is getting the nutrition they deserve. Join the thousands of cat owners who have made the switch to Smalls and see the difference it can make in your cat's health and happiness. Treat your cat to the finest dining experience with Smalls. Visit smalls.sjv.io backslash ccpod now to order your first box. That's smalls.sjv.io backslash ccpod. Choose Smalls because your cat deserves the best.